Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence that's here. I thank you every, for every heart, Father, that may be discouraged or down. You may, we might not be able to see it on their face or in the natural, so to speak. But, Father, I, just, we speak, to, I speak to every heart and that the heart and the head would be lifted. You said in Psalms 3 that you are the lifter of our head. You are, you are the shield that surrounds about us, and you are the lifter of our head. So, Lord, I just thank you for every heart being lifted. Where discouragement has weighed on the men's hearts in this place, that, Lord, I just thank you that, 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 that throughout tonight, I just thank you there will be a peace that will come into the hearts and minds. That there would be a hope that would rise. There would be a strength that would come into their heart, Father. Thank you, Father. I just thank you, Lord, that those that are here that are standing for things, that are believing you for things. Lord, I thank you according to Romans chapter 5, verse 5, that you said that, that hope maketh not ashamed because of the love of God that's been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Lord, where hope has been disappointed, Proverbs says, where hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. So, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that, that wherever they're at in their life right now, I thank you, Lord, for one, they will not give up. But I thank you that because they won't, they won't let go of their hope. And their hope will not be ashamed. The picture, the expectation... The faith, the belief on down on the innermost being, Father, I thank you, will come to pass, Father. Not because of how good they are or what they've done and, or, or just anything in the natural, but because of your love being shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Maybe those here tonight, just their, that their heart would be stirred once again, knowing that you're a God of love. God that's pursuing after them. That they know, Father, wherever they're at, whatever they're facing, that they would know that the God of this world is one that steals, kills, and destroys. But that you have come, that we would have abundant life. That would far exceed. So, Father, we just lay aside what we're facing in the natural, what we're facing physically. We lay those things aside, Lord, and we worship you. Because I believe as we have our mind on you, Lord, I thank you according to Psalms 138, you perfect that which concerns us. Thank you, Father. Let's say that after me. Father. Father, you are perfecting, you are perfecting that, which concerns me. that which concerns me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Give him a shout of praise if you believe that. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. So just, just take, a, take a moment and just, uh, just walk around, greet one another, introduce yourself to someone you haven't met yet. I know a lot of you were talking when you first came in, but we have, we have a lot of new people tonight, so... expecting to see you tonight. I know, I know, I know. know. We're back. Everything's back to normal. Oh, praise the Lord. 
Thank you, Kermit. Thank you, Joseph. Ah, you can go ahead and be seated. Hallelujah. You know, and I and I and I don't I don't bite, and so I mean it's supposed to be kind of like a living room setting, and I just you know so I'm like, you know, there you go. Come on, no, come over here, over here. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah, come, there you go. <laughs> oh man, a lot, a lot of great things going on. You know, Eric, they had they, they had a baby Nathan Paul last week. So, Amen. So you know, grow a church one way or another, right? You know, so uh, so him and Leah are such a blessing, and so 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 four boys. So is there going to be one more, and we'll have a have a starting basketball team? No, no. Okay. <laughs> I think this that was probably the last try. That that was the last two were the last try. But <laughs> oh man, guys, good. It's good to see some some new faces that haven't haven't been here before. So welcome, uh, welcome, and so. Um, you know, uh, just our heart. Um, if you got one of the papers when you came in, um, I had one right here. What did I do with it? Oh, you might have. Can I get another one of these? Yeah, one of these papers. If you didn't get one, then uh, just make sure we hand those out. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> Woo, it's Mr. Baldwin. No, no, no. Yeah, you know, I, I thought about, uh, you know, there was years ago, I, I, I thought about, um, you know, before we started doing live internet. I thought about taking all the chairs and turn them around, and I'd preach from the camera stand in the back. So when people walk in late, they'd, they'd be like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's happening here, you know? Um, but anyway, it's, it's, it's good. Um, amen. You know, so you have your paper there. Let's, let's say our, um, our vision statement together. Uh, it says this, our purpose is to create opportunities for the men of heritage, come together to connect, grow, get free, and go to the next level in life. Our attitude is this, we refuse to go back, give up, or plateau. We will rise and be the champions we were created to be. So that's what we're about, and that's what this this men's ministry is all about. So let's do our statements of faith. Let's read these together. Step up. Be a man of action. Assume it is your job in your moment. Hate apathy. Reject passivity. Refuse to live as a spectator in life. Speak out. Silence in the midst of sin is a sin. Be courageous. Fear God, not man. Speak the truth in love. Stand strong. Don't give in when you're challenged, attacked, or criticized. Above all, refuse to compromise. Stay humble. Be vigilant against pride. Get the log out of your eye. Don't think less of yourself. Think of yourself less. 
serve the king, seek his, his kingdom, his glory, his righteousness, hope in the eternal, and live for a greater reward. Amen. And that's the type of man I, I desire to be. And, and so that's the, that's the type of, um, you know, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And, and so I want to be, um, you know, I, I want to be someone that you all can do life with, um, not someone that you put on a pedestal. Um, but be someone that you, you can say, hey, well, I, I want to I be like that. I want to I be like him, but I want to be someone that is followable, <laughs> you know. And, and I, want you, I want us all to have that same, am I someone that someone else can follow in life? Am I someone that they want to em- emulate? And so that's the kind of men that, that we're building here at Heritage. And that doesn't mean, that's not talking about being perfect men. I mean, you know, you know. You know, just in daily life, you know, we, we all have areas, like I said, where we're growing, right? You know, and there's constantly, I'm like, Lord, I, I need some help in that area with, with my marriage. I need some help in that area, you know, as it deals with, with conflict resolution in these situations, in the workplace. And, and so all of us are, are, are growing in those areas. So never look at me as, as, as someone that has it all together. Because we're, we're all growing, right? We're all growing. And, and so, so, so just make sure wherever you're at in life right now, there's, 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 we're always growing. We're always growing. Amen. You know, one of the biggest things about this ministry is, is you know, for 50 years, Dr. Savell's been about, is he said he's a, he's a master at making champions out of nobodies. You know, if, if the devil knocks you down seven times, you get up eight. <laughs> you know? And so whatever it is, we're, we're about making winners in life. And the main key that you have to decide in your heart, the quality decision in your heart you have to make is don't quit. Don't quit. Amen. Amen. So, so I don't have time to go back and, and review the last two months. I, I believe you can go on under heritageoffaith.com and go to the men's ministry page. And you can actually uh, listen to the, uh, our other teachings for the last couple of years, things that we've dealt with. Um, we talked about making of a champion. Last year, our, our whole theme was breaking the mold. And this year, uh, the Lord put in my heart to be become excellent uh, ministry of excellence. And when, when the first Lord put that in my heart, I was like, "Well," and the Lord said, "said when you when you talk about this, make sure that you understand that we're all ministers. This not this isn't talking about someone that's stand, standing preaching behind a pulpit. We're all ministers." Even Paul said, "We're ministers of reconciliation." And one of the greatest things about definitions for minister, minister is a servant. Jesus said, he who is greatest among you, let him be servant of all. So, so when I I talk about minister, I'm not saying, saying, you know, you're going to stand, you're, you're in a fivefold ministry gift that not everyone's called to that. You know, I mean, people are called to to do construction. People are called in, in the police industry. People are called to work in the hospital industry. And so some people have an idea that, that, well, someday I hope I stand behind a pulpit. Well, only if God's called you, but you're called, some people are called to business. Some people are called. So, so don't look at staying behind a pulpit as the ultimate thing of success in ministry. The ultimate, my ultimate desire for success in ministry it was never, can I preach? Well, will I preach one day? My ultimate thing is, God, I just want to fulfill my purpose. And whatever that might look like for you, okay? And, and so let's get in tonight's, in tonight's topic. And just so as you're visiting, you know, we usually just do a, do a song, um, you, you know, and then we just give a, you know, a, a little bit of a, a teaching and then we'll break into small groups and have a couple questions and then we pray together and, and then we'll, we'll, we'll let you go. We won't, we'll try to let you go before midnight. So, so, um, 
<laughs> yeah, catering food. <laughs> Uh, on your sheet there, um, I don't. This is not an extensive outline. It just kind of gives you some ideas of. I'll give you some scriptures, and so we'll turn to some of these, and I may call on some of you to read some of those scriptures when we get to them. But I want to ask a question as we begin tonight: What is the biblical motive for the pursuit of excellence? Because that's what we're talking. About. We're talking about a life of excellence. One first month we talked about number one: realize you're a leader. And last month we talked about, you know, devoted. You know, you know, what are you devo- what are you dedicated to? What are you what are you devoted to? Because that's whatever you're devoted to is what you're going to see success in your life in. So, so, so with that, as I begin tonight, what, let me ask that question: What is the biblical motive for the pursuit of excellence? Serving. Serving. Anyone just throw out just throw out some things just real quick, just a few of them. Just a, a biblical motive. Be the best you can be. Oh, good deal. All those, all those are really good. And so as, as we talk about this and unpack this, the biblical motive for um, the pursuit of excellence. You know, everything is based on, I think, it's having proper attitudes. You know, attitude, and at, your attitude will set your trajectory. A proper attitude will set direction. A proper attitude will set things. So, so if I were to have a bow and arrow right now, and whatever, play, wherever I set that course, that's the attitude I set it, and that's the direction it go, is, is going to go. So, so a proper attitude is is significant. So, if there's a right attitude, then there also can be a wrong attitude. If there's a right pursuit, then there also can be wrong pursuits. You know, uh, one of our main pursuits that, that I dealt with a couple the last couple of times we were together was in Ephesians five where it says that we will grow up in every way in all things, right? Mm-hmm. Grow up in every way in all things. And so about excellence, it's about coming to a place of spiritual maturity. Mm-hmm. So growing up into all things is spiritual maturity. And that's a quest for character. But what we have to understand is there'll be little progress without the pursuit of excellence. What do I mean by that? Without the pursuit of excellence... Life can remain bland, mediocre, and feel, it just kind of feel average. The quest for excellence will fuel a fire and keep us from drift, drifting downstream. So if we're, we're going to grow up and be what God's created us to be and called us to be, then this pursuit of excellence is going to keep us going in a certain direction. It's a pursuit of excellence. Because, you know, if you ever heard or watched Dr. Savell on the Law of Progression, you know, he's in the canoe and he's going downstream. You know, because everyone else is just going downstream. But if you want to, if you want to be different, if you're gonna, if you're gonna bring great change or you're gonna do greater things, you're gonna have to, you have to paddle upstream. And it's not gonna, it, and, it, and it, you know, it's work going upstream. And it's gonna, it's gonna take, it's gonna be on purpose. It's gonna be with intention. But the one of the attitudes we have to deal with is fighting this, this idea of just enough to get by. You know, that's one of the things that I've had to even analyze in my own life. Just, you know, just the attitude of, well, just enough to get by. You know, uh, who has Matthew 22? Matthew 22, verse 37. And, and, you know, Dennis just brought this out. In Ecclesiastes 9, it says, Whatever your hand finds to do, 
do it with all your might. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. That doesn't sound like just enough to get by. Right? So who, who has Matthew 22, 37 and 38? Who wants to read that? Tony? Now, now think about it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. All. All. You know, just as Dennis said, you know, whatever you do, do it heartily unto the Lord. Do it with all your might. All, this, this is all in. This is, this is not just, just enough to get by. Well, okay, just love God with just a little bit of your heart. Love God with just a little bit of your soul. Love God with just a little bit of your mind. All. So it's, it's, this pursuit of excellence is, is, is 110%. If we're going to grow up and be the men that God's created us to be, if we're going to be the ones that, like even Dennis said, you know, that we'd stand before kings or whatever, whatever the case might be, is it's, it's going to take the... It, we're going to have to get rid of the attitude of, well, that's just, that's just good enough. Just, that's an attitude. So, so if I have the attitude of just enough, then you know what? Then I'll always be just enough. But but what about what about you know then then that's that's mediocre that's 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 just that's just just right with I don't want to be just like everyone else I don't just want to be like everyone else I want to be as known as someone that gives a hundred percent now as as I talk about this tonight the pursuit of excellence is not the pursuit of perfection the pursuit of excellence is gratifying it's it's healthy. But yet, the pursuit of perfection can be frustrating. You know, uh, you know, you, you know. I just, <laughs> you know, um, I guess it was a couple weeks ago. You know, the Lord. I, I walked in and, and to my closet, and I looked at my closet, and I was like, I don't like my closet. <laughs> I was like, I, I can't. I'm like, and and so I, I spent, you know, I spent so much time. Just getting everything. I mean, because the thing is, I, 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 there was things I was missing. I was, and I was like, "Where is this?" And I'm getting a hurry. You know, you know. As a pastor, you kind of live by you kind of live by a calendar. It's like I live from event to event, meeting to meeting, appointment. All of a sudden, you know, I, I you know, I went to the gym on Tuesday. I get home. I, I, I take a shower. Um, I get something to eat, and I'm, I'm ready to put my feet up and relax. And I get a phone call, and someone just, just someone's family member just passed away. So I look at Annette, I'm like, okay, I'm getting dressed, you know, and, and so, so time after time, things like that happen, and I'm like, I need, but I, I need to, what about the excellence of my closet, <laughs> you know, I need to pursue excellence in my closet, and, and he said, you, you know how, how it got that way, it's because, because, because just a little bit here, just a little bit there, you didn't, you didn't take care of, you didn't take care of that, you didn't take care of that, you didn't take care of that, and you know what, so I spent... I had a, I had a, a day that was free on on a weekend, I had, which was rare. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to work on this closet, <laughs> and I'm going to get this closet done. But you know what? I felt so good after that was done. You ever you know wash your car, and all of a sudden you know nothing changed with the engine, nothing changed, but it seems like the car drives better. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's more aerodynamic because you got all the dirt off of it. I don't know. But 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 it 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 really it really is it's gratifying. But then there's also this attitude of a perfection where you can't enjoy your life. You can't enjoy 
the things. You can't enjoy this because it's not perfect enough. Your kids aren't perfect enough. Your wife might not do that perfect enough. Or that, and you're, now you're measuring all these things and it brings frustration. So when I talk about doing 100%, loving God with all your heart, don't try to, to measure it from a state of, I'll never be that. Because we have to understand what is God's idea of, what's the Bible's idea of pursuing excellence? Pursuing excellence is not a quest to be superior. Now, because you have to, you have to listen. Now, if we, if we look at the definitions of excellence, for one, some definitions of excellence is the state or quality or condition of being superior. The word excel means, it means to do better or be better than, to surpass. The word excel, excel also could mean to transcend, exceed, outdo, or outstrip all. Excel is to be preeminent or perform at a level higher than another. To outdo mean is to excel in doing or performing. Now, if, I, if we look at the definitions here, then we can have the idea that, well, I guess pursuing excellence means I'm better. I have to become better than, better than, better than, excel to outdo. And, and it can kind of be like a sense of competition. And, and that's not the biblical definition of, of, of pursuing excellence. It's not about being superior. It's not a competition. You know, and, and, I had, and the Lord said, and I said, well, I, I don't have that attitude. He goes, you don't? He goes, well, how come you, you, you know, we, we, we all can do it. We can compare, well, at least I'm not like that person. Or at least, well, you know, at least, well, at least I haven't got divorced yet. At least, um, you know, and you can, you can, and even myself, I can, I can, you can measure yourself based on, 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 you know, well, you know, well, did that come out when I preached that? Did that come out right? And the Lord's like, why are you trying to measure yourself? Who you're, me- who are you measuring yourself against? And we, we can do it as men. We can do it. We can look. We can look at our, our our jobs and look at someone else and 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 say, well, they have a better job than we do. And you can look at that and say, why well, they have a better better you know, well, their their wife does that and my wife doesn't do that. And what if you and you? I'm saying, but it can it can happen. So so we can we can even I can measure well. Well, you know, well, our church isn't as big as that church, or our church isn't this, or our church isn't that. And, and like I said, there, there can be this attitude with pursuing excellence, and we can equate it to becoming better than someone. But that's not the definition. Now, the definition in the natural, from a world standpoint, yeah, it is to be superior, but that's not the biblical connotation. The viewpoint of the world typically thinks in terms of competition, outstripping others, but these things are usually done to bring about your own glory. To bring about your own significance or praise or the applause of men. It's like, why do you want to become better than? To get someone to applaud you? Do you, do you, you want to bring glory to yourself? But that's not the biblical definition. There's a difference between pursuing biblical excellence and per- pursuing worldly success. Success means being the best. Biblical excellence means being your best. Success to many means being better than everyone else. 
But biblical excellence means being better tomorrow than you were yesterday. You know, in Corinthians, it talks about we all run in a race. And we all you know, receive a crown that's incorruptible. Well, you know what, Kermit? I'm not running against you. I'm not running against you. I'm not running against you, Dwayne. So, so biblical excellence comes down to, to, you know what? It's my pursuit that tomorrow I'm, I'm going to be better than I was today. You know, uh, success, worldly success means exceeding the achievements of other people. But biblical excellence means matching your practice with your potential. Matching your practice with your potential. Meaning, meaning I'm going to practice based on my potential. I'm not going to measure, am I good enough based on how good Danny is. I'm not going to say, well, you know what, I'm a loser because I can't sing like Danny. Well, my potential isn't based in, in singing. My potential is based in something else. You know, Gene Stallings, you know who Gene Stallings is? You know Gene Stallings, right? Who was he? He was a coach of a Alabama. He was a coach of AM Alabama, and then he was the he was the secondary coach to Tom Landry for the Cowboys. And and he <laughs> you're a Bears fan over here. And you know, there was a, he, tell, he, tells a, he tells a story that there was uh, two people on the team at that time, and it was uh, uh, Charlie Waters and Cliff Harris. And, um, and they had just, they were in the locker room and they were sitting in front of their lockers and they had just came, came finished facing of all, all of all teams, the Washington Redskins, held <laughs> to the Redskins. And, um, and they were, um, they, they were, they were sitting in front of their lockers and he heard, he heard, uh, Waters lean over to Harrison said, by the way, Cliff, what was the score? And when Gene Stallings heard that, he stood back and he used it as a point to, to, to talk about to other people. Because, because the thing is, is Charlie Waters and Clip, they didn't even know the score. Because what they were competing for was about being their best, not about whether, whether we necessarily beat the other team. They were, they were more interested in, in did we perform to the best of our abilities. They were so focused on doing their best. He said, what was the score? You know, so the thing is, is, is it's about being, pursuing excellence is about being your best. Not, 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 am I like this person or that person? But pursuing excellence is about being your best. Are you doing with what God, are you doing everything you can heartily unto the Lord? Are you loving God with all your heart? Now remember, it's not, it's not about perfection, but it's, you know what? Are you, are you, have you yielded your life a little more God, to God today than you did yesterday? And that's what the pursuit of excellence is about. It's not all of a sudden get to a place where, you know what, I've arrived. You know, no. No, it's like I'm constantly pursuing this life of excellence. And this life of excellence is, you know what, about becoming better as in, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best. I'm going to do my best. The pursuit of excellence refers to pursuing and doing the best we can with the gifts and the ability that God gives. Excellence includes doing common, everyday things, but in very uncommon ways, regardless of whether people are watching. The reality is that God sees our work. It's not about you getting applause from anyone. It's about are you doing your best? Are you doing your best? Are you, are you doing just the everyday, common things, doing them in an uncommon way, and not seen, doing it to be seen by people? Pursuing excellence should never be limited by the task. 
What do I mean by that? Uh, someone read 1 Corinthians 10, 31. You got it? 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Pursuing excellence should never be limited by the task. So then, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you may do, do all for the honor and glory of God. Now, now think about that. So whether you eat or you drink. Now that sounds like a pretty basic thing, right? I mean, we, we do that every day, right? I mean, you know, we eat or we drink. So when, when, I, when I read that and was thinking about as pertaining to excellence, whether I eat or I drink, when I'm just going through daily life, Eric, just, just the basic things of life, whatever you do, so it's not just, so just the menial things in life, whatever I do, do everything for the glory of God. Everything for the glory of God. See, that, that is, you know, the definitions they gave it about the beginning. What, what's the biblical motive for this, this pursuit of excellence? I, I believe, what, you know, the, 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 the things that were said were all, were all, all, all good things, and they're, and they're true. But I believe the ultimate motive for pursuing excellence is the glory of God. The glory of God. You know, Jesus said in John 17, verse 3, he said, he goes, he goes, I have glorified you down on earth by completing down to the last detail everything you told me to do. Man, that, that, that sounds like pursuit, doesn't it? That was the pursuit. I, I completed down to the last detail. That, that sounds like everything. Work hardly unto the Lord. I glorified you down on earth. By completing down to the last detail everything you call that was Jesus pursued this life of this pursuit of life of excellence. And when we pursue this life of excellence, the motive is not to get applause from men. The the motive isn't to get someone else to please you. The the moment isn't the the, the motive isn't to to uh, to be cheered on. The moment isn't so you can uh, feel good about yourself or have have have, have significance in yourself. It's about you know what the glory of God. Jesus said, I glorified you on earth. So that kind of sounds like whether meat or drink, food or drink, whatever you do, do it heartily unto the Lord. For Do it with all your might for the what? The glory of God. Regardless what we do, it deserves our best. See, the meaning, regardless of what you do, be the best. Not just, you know, if it, if it pertains to something in, in your role in the, in the church here, do your do your best. Remember, it's not someone else's best; it's your best. What what about in in the workplace? You're like, well, well, I just I just I just I just cut yards. Well, man, you be the best yard cutter anyone's ever seen. You frame houses; you be the best framer that that anyone has ever seen. You know, so that that's what I'm referring to is is a life of excellence. It's about it's it's for the glory. See, what happens is when we do things, the menial things, we do the the little things, the uncommon things, and we do the great things for the glory of God. What happens? It makes God people look at our God. It makes people look at your life and say, "Man, how how is your life so different?" Well, let me tell you about it. Excellence. Gets people's attention, not for people to applaud you, but for bring, to bring glory to God. Amen. That's what we're. That's what I'm out for as a pastor. It's not for people to applaud me. No, it's for people. I want people to say, "Hey, man, there's something that's going on at Heritage of Faith." You know what? 
I want God to get the glory. I want God to get the glory. I want God to get the glory. Regardless of what it is, you do the best. You do your best at it. Amen. Regardless of what we do, it deserves our best. Because in the long run, it reflects on the honor and glory of our God. Who has uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58? Who has that? Go ahead, Dennis. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Amen. The Amplified says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm, immovable, always abounding, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And the Amplified says, Always being superior, excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord. Now think about that. Abounding. You know, um, the word, as, as I was looking up this word, abounding, it, is, it also means doing over and above, exceeding. Now think about that. Over and above and exceeding. So, so we think about that. It's not, like I said, remember, it's not about competition. But it's being immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Meaning, what I'm doing, I'm doing above and beyond. I'm doing above and beyond. Hallelujah. Knowing and being continually aware that our labor in the Lord is not in vain. It's never wasted for no purpose. Amen. But from the, whether it's the smallest things to the greatest things. You know, just, just look at any area of your life. We're, we're just like with me with my closet. I just wanted my closet to come to another level. It, it's, no, you know what? No one's going to see my closet except my wife. <laughs> but, but the thing is, is I want to, I, but, but what are some other areas? Because you know, when I, when I did that in my life, when I brought that level up just to my closet, there was a peace that was added to my life. There was a peace that was added to my life. Pursuing excellence is a matter of choosing the best. Now, what do I mean by that? The pursuit of excellence is never a matter of simply choosing between what is good or bad, but of choosing what is best or superior, because it will better enable us to accomplish what God has designed us to be and to do. Let me say it again. The pursuit of excellence is never a matter of simply choosing between what is good and bad, but sometimes it's choosing between what's good and what's better. Now, who has Philippians chapter 1? Uh, Ryan? And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Amen. You know, in the, as I read this in the Amplified, verse 9 says, and this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more and extend to its fullest development in knowledge and all keen insight. The, and then the verse 10 says, So that you may surely learn to sense what is vital and approve. That you may sense, and in the King James it uses the word approve as well. Now the word approve means to put to the test. It means to examine. It also means to make the right choice. To approve. 
Meaning, you know, if you approve of something, you know, you, that's the choice you made, right? So if you had between this drink or this drink, and, and whatever you chose is what you approve. That, I approve that. You know, I, I get things all the time. Well, what idea or what graphic or what thing? Do you approve of this one or that one? So when I approve it, it's, it's what I'm choosing. So sometimes, you know, pursuing excellence is not just about pursuing good over bad, but sometimes it's, you know what, I'm going to choose, I need to, I need to find out what's, because there could be two good options, but what's the best option? What's the, what's the superior option? And here he said, so that you may surely learn to sense what is vital and approve and prize what is excellent, get this, and of real value. There were so many things that, that I had going on in my life, you know, throughout my, you know, 20, was it 26 years now since I got born again? 26 years. There's so many things that, that I was doing in my life that weren't really bringing me real value. And here he says, he says, so that we can learn to sense, learn to know, and approve, and approve and prize what is excellent. Know what's the, what's the superior thing? What's the, the best things? Because a lot of times there's, there's a lot of good ideas, right? There, you know, there was a lot of good churches that I could have gone to when I came to Texas. But what was the God church that he wanted me to go to? Amen. You know, I, I, you heard, some of you heard my story. I went to EMIC and, and, and I was going to Bible school here. The church hadn't started yet when I first got here. And, and I, I was working, volunteering at the ministry, then went to work for the ministry and I was going out to EMIC for a couple of years working it with the youth. And, and, and the Lord was like, you need to leave uh, EMIC. And I was like, I don't want to leave EMIC. This is where all my friends are. This is where God wants me. This is, and I was like, I don't want, this was like a three-month argument with God. I, I like, no, this is, I, I, you know, I, I work for the ministry. I don't, I don't necessarily want to go to church there. This is, you know, because I was comfortable. I was being used. My gifts were being used. And, and you know, the relationships. And finally, you know, kind of, it got loud and clear. I had to make a choice between, it was, it was, it was good. Naturally, it was a good thing, but was it the best thing? And finally, the Lord told this, he goes, Justin, he goes, for you, church is no longer about your choice. He said, it's where I've called you to be. It's where I've called you to be. I was like, wow. And I just look back now, you know, that was in 2003. So I think 16 years ago, and I, when I came here, it wasn't, it wasn't to be a pastor. When I came here, it was just to come here. I ran the sound. I worked in the bookstore. I worked to three to five-year-olds for two years. I cut the grass. I cleaned the toilets. Yes. Never with the intention that one day I'd be a pastor, but there had to come a time in my life where, where I had to choose between, between something good, but there's something superior. And so I had to come to a place where I had to learn and sense what was, what was vital, what was excellent, and what was a real value? What was, you know, at that time, what was more real value to me was friends, not the will of God for my life. Amen. You know, and, and sometimes that can be, I can, I get, there was times where I prized, I gave real value to sports. You know, even when I first moved here, I came here to go to Bible school, but the next thing I knew, I found myself playing in a premier soccer league with, with uh, I, had, I had four or five players on my team that played for the Dallas Sidekicks. And, and, and I got, and they picked me to play on, play on their team. And here I hadn't played in six years. I played in college and man, that was my passion, man. But I had to get to a place. Was that of real value? I had to choose between something that was good, something I like to do, but what's, what's a real value? You know, so, so it, sometimes it's, 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 we have to, it's not just choosing between good and bad. 
Sometimes we, we know the good and we know the bad, but sometimes there's another option. There, there is there's something that's of greater value. The pursuit of excellence from a biblical world, uh, from, um, from a biblical view, is always connected with the issue of God's values and God's priorities. You know, I, I read a story when I was just you know, studying this, and, and as the Lord was directing me through this, I read a story by Walt Disney. And there was a, there was a gentleman uh, by the name of Ward Kimball. And Ward Kimball was an animator for Disney, and he was, he was one of the animators on Snow White, which was one of the first big, you know, production. I believe it might have been the first movie, movie, movie that Disney ever did. And, and there was a scene, and, and Disney, Walt Disney was, he was hardcore on making sure whatever movies that he let out had a good flow to them. And this guy, Ward Kimball, he worked 240 days for a four-and-a-half-minute clip. Wow. 240 days of animation for a four-and-a-half-minute clip that never made it to the movie. Wow. So Walt Disney sat down, and he, he, watched this, he, he sat down and watched the first run-through of this movie. And, and, man, they said he was rolling on the floor laughing at this part, this four-and-a-half-minute segment. He gets through, and he was laughing, and he goes, You know what? I love the movie, but I want you to cut that part out. Because, because Walt Disney, sometimes he realized the success of something wasn't just leaving a good part in, but taking something good out to make it better. And sometimes in our lives as men, we have challenges where, where, where sometimes the, the, the pursuit of excellence going to the next level isn't, isn't just, it is, is just taking out things that are going to keep me from the best. Amen. And only you and God can decide this. I'm not going to label what those things are. That's between you and God. You know, this isn't to get ritualistic or, or legalistic with it. This is, this is just a fact of, you know, sometimes going to another level is, is just taking out some things that might be good. You know, Paul said, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are expedient. I mean, I can do anything, but you know what? It's just not profitable. You know, and so, uh, so, so with that understanding, living your best life may come down to thinking different and saying things different than everyone else. You know, Jesus, and without going to each one of these, no less than six times in Matthew chapter 5, he said, you heard it said this, but I say to you. You heard this, but I say to you. You heard it said this, but I say... Six different times. Meaning, meaning this is how everyone else is doing it, but this is what I say. This is, this is what I say. So whether you, we eat or we drink, whether we do, whatever we do, do everything to the glory of God. The glory of God should be the motive for whatever we do. To glorify God means to bring honor, honor and respect to God's name. So sometimes it's, it's the fact of pursuing a life of excellence. The motive ultimately is about bringing glory to God. But how do we pursue that excellence? It's found in, it's found in our choices it's found in not, not, not in the comp- competition, but it's found in doing my best. Amen. It's found in pursuing excellence is about choosing between something good and something that's superior. And all these things, it's just, it's just continue to walk with God and continue to grow in God. Amen. 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 So let's go ahead and break up in our groups. And there's a couple questions. Uh, group leaders, uh, uh, Jeremiah contacted you to just stand up. Group leaders. All right, so go ahead and, and, and break up in groups of uh, five or so. 
five or six. So the couple questions you have there, are there any areas or tasks that you have not really taken seriously or in, and you need to work on? Uh, then number two is make a list as many areas you can think of where the pursuit of excellence should touch and change your life. All right. So these are things you can talk about. And also in realizing small group, this isn't so this is just it's about accountability. It's about growth. It's not trying to measure yourself in one person, another. We're, we're all family here and it's all about going to the next level. So go for it. Some great conversations going on and just, um, yeah. What I what I want to I want to transition right now, but I want to do prayer requests within the individual groups. So, if there's a particular prayer request within your group, you know, I want you to want uh, you to pray over those. Um, it's great to see Adrian here. Praise God, we prayed for you last time. You know, and um, you know, and there's things we're, we're we're in our church body that we're standing for. We're we're standing with with Lonnie. Uh, we're standing with just different ones, you know, just, you know, in our church body, Martin, uh, Martin Salazar, he's, he, he's, he's, he's in, improved now. And so, but it, we're just, you know, we're here for each other. And, you know, one of the things about the power of agreement, and this is something I learned about agreeing, you know, God said in, or Jesus said in Matthew 18, he goes, any of you agree is touching anything, agree is touching anything. It'll be done by my father, which is in heaven. Okay. And one thing about agreement is not just, okay, we're going to pray together, but it is a covenant exchange. And what do I mean by that? It's like, you know, come here, Ryan. So Ryan and I pray together, and, and we, we look at him, I look at him and say, you know what? I will not come out of agreement with you until we see this come to pass. Meaning, meaning I'm going to continue to give thanksgiving. I'm going to continue to rejoice with you. I'm going to continue. It's not just, hey, we prayed together. No, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a covenant. We're stronger together than we are apart. You know, one can chase a thousand, two can put ten thousand to flight. So, hey, we got over forty men in this room, I believe. So, so think about in our groups praying together, but it's coming to agreement and just standing and just rejoicing. And anytime you through the week and you had a prayer request and it comes up in your heart, you say, "Say, Lord, I just thank you that you're that that's you're you're moving in that situation. You're working things out. You're giving with whatever the prayer request might be." So, so here, let's just give a few more minutes for this, so you can go ahead and make prayer requests known within your groups and. And, and then go ahead and, um, and, and the, the leader of the group at least start praying out first or if someone else wants to pray over those things. So, Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. God is good. Thank you, Father. Father, I just thank you for every man that's here tonight. Thank, we lift up every man, Father, within our church family that weren't, weren't able to be here tonight, Lord. Those traveling, those that, that are in town, those that were, are, are feeling, uh, feeling ill in any way, Lord. We just thank you for your hand upon them strengthening and empowering them. Father, I thank you for our, 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 the men of our church, that they're growing, they're increasing, they're thriving. Thank you that you're giving them wisdom in every area of their lives. And we just thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, amen. So grateful you all came out tonight. Just a, just a, just a couple announcements before we dismiss. Uh, one is, uh, don't forget, uh, and we'll give you some more details, 
But in October, the first weekend in October, we're going to be doing a men's retreat. It'll be an overnight retreat somewhere. We're still looking about where we're going to do that, but it'll be myself and Dr. Savelle. Uh, we'll be in, in parting and in parting to us as men. So, uh, know that there's something else I'd also like to probably do, but you know, in, in the summer for us to do besides this, but I'm just kind of praying about direction for that. And so as soon as we have more details, we'll give you those. Um, Freddie, any other announcements you can think of? All right. So next month, uh, first, first Thursday in May, bring somebody with you. Um, love y'all and uh, appreciate y'all so much. See you on Sunday, nine or either nine or 11 later or, or both.